Hola, hola. Welcome to the Bruja Broadcast. This is Dion. And Sasha. Join us today as we serve up some Brujeria Latina with a side of astrology and herbology bundled with some stories and sass. Hola, hola. Welcome back. Hi. How are you, Dion? Doing all right. How about you? Good, good. So this is one of those few times when we're not together. Yes. There should be less giggling. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You're right. One can dream. Yes. So today we are back to talk about the baneful or to talk about baneful magic. Right. So we're actually not going to like describe what baneful magic is. We're just going to give you a few of the most common spells or workings that could be considered baneful magic and how you do them. Basically, it sounds about right. Okay. So yeah, so first thing, which is something that we were just mentioning right before we got on the call is that, you know, these aren't super baneful. They're more, a couple of them could even be considered sort of defense, right? And you have the right to to defend yourself. And if something, if somebody's trying to um, hex you or curse you or just send ill wishes to you, you have a right to have your, you know, your protections up to make them bounce. But also if it's something stronger or you're dealing with somebody that has more um, tools in their magical toolbox, um, then they might be a little bit stronger. So then you need to do something a little bit stronger to protect ward or um, revert. Right. Yeah. So I think we should start with those first two, um, which would be, let's start with the return to sender, Mm -hmm. which I think is sort of like a defense one. Um, So the only thing I want to mention about the return to sender is that it's, it's, it's good to know that you're right. Right. So like, you have to really know that (laughs) um, like if you're returning to sender and you're not returning it to the right person, it's not going to obviously do anything. And one thing that I see that happens lots is that people think that um, they're returning to sender, but it's something that they've created or it's something that they're imagining. And then the only thing is that happens is that it, since you're, you're the one creating it, you actually make it worse. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really important to really know that the, the other person did send you something that there was some sort of magical working or hex or curse towards you um, before you put in the power to do something to return it to them. Right. Right. Because more often than not, you create your own circumstances. Yeah. You create your own circumstances. But occasionally, yeah, you'll have a, you will have someone come in with a hex. So it's good to make sure you can differentiate between. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And so, and this is different than, for example, a protection, like having a mirror to make things, you know, um, just bounce back. And so those are different protective um, items that you should have. And we've mentioned in other episodes before that you should just have like on your space, in your space, on your house and yourself, on your person, just to make sure that you're warding off. You should have your energetic shields up. So those are all protective. But in addition to that, if you know that somebody is sending a hex your way, then you can do a return to sender. Okay. Yes. So um, do you want to go through it? What do you do? Um, so with the return to sender, I will often get a reversal candle involved in this. A reversal candle is going to be a candle that you see that's uh, made of two different colors. I usually go with like, it's usually black, red, but I mean, I've seen them black and blue or whatever Purple, yeah. but um so i usually start with the reversal candle um i up my correspondences so i'm going to use lemon garlic black pepper uh, and then the mirror is 
specific to mm -hmm. the return to sender. Right. And it should be a mirror that you've obviously we've mentioned it before, but you've consecrated it, you've worked yes. on it. And then since we're working with something that's a little bit darker, you should only use this mirror in the future for other workings that are similar in the sort of energy that you're manipulating. You don't want to then after that, you know, use it for like decor love. or love <laughs> or, you know, because you're, it's not, it, it, it has that like encrusted onto it now. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I think that covers that just I think the most important thing is to just make sure that it's not internal or something that you thought of because it's going to compound and you're going to really feel it it's going to be tough and then yeah and then the colors um will give you like we've talked about color correspondences but if you do use a candle which I think is the easiest way to do a return to sender candle working um to make sure that the colors align with the things that we've mentioned in our color correspondences so mm -hmm. like for protection for, I think they use red a lot because it's like that more aggressive energy. Yeah. And it's just like returning that more, you know, yeah. Um, the oomph with a little funk with a little yeah. uh, F then. <laughs> and then, so, yeah. So I think that's that one. Then um, the other one that's more also like, in, because that one's definitely a defense, right? You know, somebody's doing something and then you're defending yourself. You're returning it to them. The, when it turns baneful is when you say, oh, I'm returning it to them and may it happen to them threefold, right? Or right. may it duplicate for them. And then you add in the correspondences and the intent, the ill intent for it to be felt with a sting. You want it to sting them, right? So mm -hmm. that that's where it, goes a little bit more to the gray area and not so much as defense but it's still you didn't like start it right so you're just like right. you're hitting back okay and then similar to that um would be the in, in puerto rico we call it a tapa boca but usually it's known as the sierra la boca right yes so that one is for anybody that's been gossiping about you or speaking ill of you you want to just shut their mouth right mm -hmm. What do you do with that one? A lot like, uh, so I was going to say, first off, it's it's helpful um, to for the oomph to have a picture or something that represents that specific person. So if you don't have a picture and you put a drawing and then you put their name on it, but you want to make sure that you're really like zeroing in on the person. Is that for the return to sender or for the gossip one or I, for both? I do for both. I, yeah. I mean, if I'm working in like, a baneful space. I want to make it as direct as I can. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And yeah. you want to, you want to add, um, if you have like anything personal of the person, you can add it, you know? So yeah. it's a picture, there are articles, hair, whatever you have, you just, you're tying it up and making. So like, if you have hair, you just entwine the hair, um, around the candle. If it's, um, an article of clothes, you put it underneath the candle and then you, you're directing the energy to it. So yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. so, um, do you have something you do for tapa la boca? I have two different ones that I do. Oh, Which go one? ahead. Okay. So, well, three, if you talk, if you looked at ritual candles, so I don't usually do ritual candles, but I do know that there come, that there are ritual candles that come in the shape of like a mouth or the lips. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's an easy way. If you don't, we, I love ritual candles <laughs> because they just bring in that representation of what you want. Um, sort of like our, and then you put some little of the powders, like tapaboca powder on yeah. it and then you're done right it's like easy oh I don't have to worry about it but um I like I like to get a little dirtier with um a gossip one I'm 
don't really notice it that much, but if I'd like, it's a big issue, I would notice it. Um, I like to sell their lips closed, right? So you get something that represents the lips and then you are going to sew it together. And usually you stuff it with things inside that are uncomfortable, right? So you would stuff it with chile, you would stuff it with um, anise, you would stuff it with little pins, you know, anything that's like, oh, because if you speak of me, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be bad for you and you're not going to want it. And that's, and then you sew it shut with a black um, hilo, um, thread. And mm -hmm. you just sew it and you sew it shut. And if you can sew it shut like in X forms, even better because you're crossing out the uh -huh. effect of the words that they've had, not just shutting it like, like you can't speak, but also like shutting it like I'm crossing out what you've said. It's not worthy. Right. Right. So that's one that I think I've, you know, works. And usually you use um, a fruit that looks like, you know, I've used papaya. I like papaya because it's like moist inside and like with seeds that represent like teeth and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you can use anything that you can, that fits for you. They've seen people use peppers. So I think those are the two that I know the most peppers and papayas, but I think anything that sort of looks like a peach, not a peach, I'm sorry, like lips. Uh, my mind went off, you know, lips. <laughs> um, then um, you can use that. Um, and then the other one that I've seen is um, the, the bar of soap. And I think this is where washing people's oh. mouths comes from. Right. I am. So I forgot the, all about this. <laughs> yeah. So the bar of soap, you take the bar of soap, you are going to carve in the person's name. Um, and then you're going to exit out. And then uh, you're also going to like carve in their name. You're going to say who they are to you. So, you know, my coworker, my neighbor, my mom, whatever, whoever it is that's speaking ill of you, you write in their name, you carve it in. And again, you can carve it in with a knife, with your, you know, a needle, whatever. But if you want to make it a little more spicier, you can do it with a nail. You can do it with a rusted nail. It just depends, right? It's all in that intention. And so you take the bar of soap, you carve in the person's name, their relationship, and then you exit out and you wash your hands, right? And you're washing yourself of them. And then you, after you've washed it out, you have to have a bowl of water and then you'd leave the soap in the water so that it starts to like dissolve a little bit. Yeah. And then after it started to dissolve that you can see like the lather or like the whiteness of the, of the soap, you throw in salt to bring it back together to make it come back, right? And so, and then you take that product and you dump it down the toilet. And so it's like your words, I'm dissolving them and then bringing them back together to show that they're not good and tossing uh -huh. them, right? Nice. So that's, that's the one that I've seen as well. Some people only wash their hands. Other people wash their hands and their feet to demonstrate that they are stepping on the person, uh -huh. right? And so, yeah, yeah both work it would be hands and feet or hands i'm remembering one this feels like a long time ago but and it, well i mean it was because it was when we had like physical pictures of people but um <laughs> like you put take a lemon like a full lemon and you take that picture of the person you put it over and then you put the nail through the mouth into the lemon and then like when, when it was going and that was just to stop gossip but if you wanted it to be like extra you do through the eyes and the mouth nice and then, like yeah and then that was either something that you put in a dumpster or that you bury at a broken crossroads to break that relationship or break that whatever nice i like that one yeah 
we're not going to go into burying today. Okay. We can do a different one. Just um, like we could do one that's just burying and unburying. Because that's pretty heavy. And that is, you know, if, if you're doing an entierro, that is pretty baneful magic. Um, and so it's like with a different purpose. Like these two that we've mentioned, the return to sender, the, the tapaboca, they're they're more defense, right? Somebody's already yeah. done something and you're returning it to them or you're defending yourself against them. Then um, and I think freezer spells would fall into that as well, because usually you don't freeze somebody unless they're bugging the heck out of you. Right. <laughs> and freezer spells, I feel like aren't very, like, I hate, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say freezer spells aren't super vain, baneful to me because mm -hmm. you're not necessarily like invoking negativity. You're just stopping shit. Right. You know, same with, same with the para la boca, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're stopping stuff. Right. Yeah. So freezer spells, you want to do the rundown on how to do a freezer spell? Oh, uh, I mean, my freezer spells are quite easy. I just, again, it's a picture of a person. Um, I usually do spell work at my altar just to say the words like, this is what I'm doing with you. And then I put them in a Ziploc baggie and stick them in the back of my freezer. Yep. Yeah. So very similar. Um, sometimes I may add vinegar or I may add salt or I may add um, acid or Tabasco if I think that um, they need a little extra love. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> the gray type of love. Um, prefer. And then obviously when I when I have the picture, I tend to fold the picture away from me because I want it away from me. And then, you know, and then put it in there. Um, yeah, so freezer spells are pretty easy. It's just stick the person literally into the freezer. In the um, in certain traditions, like or if you want to do a little bit more, they may have um, sort of like the drawing of the person, like mm -hmm. you know, on like pulp paper, and then the drawing of the person like represents like sympathetic magic, right? It's representing the person, and then they put the name, and then they do whatever they're going to do with it, like freeze it or bury it or whatever. But right. I do see that more in, in burying, which we'll get to in another episode. And then another way of doing freezer spells, very similar though, but you take, um, you can either make a poppet or you can make a candle and you can dress it and then wrap it up in aluminum foil and then freeze it. And then that represents the same thing. But I think that the, the Ziploc with the water and the name is just, yeah, it's the easiest. It's the easiest ever. And I keep people, and then remember that the intention of freezer spells is just basically to make them slow down, right? So it's to take, it's sort of to freeze them. It's to stop their negativity towards you or to stop that behavior that is affecting you. And mm -hmm. that's why you would pop them. And so it's not like you're just making them, you know, sort of slow down kind of thing. And so I think all three of those, although they do go into the gray spectrum, they're, they're pretty much justified in my opinion, right? And I mean, one of the cool things about being a witch is that you have different tools, right? Like right. my, you know, and so you have different tools to help you get away from sort of things that might be negative or might be affecting you. Then let's look at some that are a little heavier, like for example, in mal de ojo, okay? So mal de ojo, and I, and I do want to clarify that, my leo can be as it can be unintentional all the way to like very hateful, right? Yes. So if it's unintentional, and this is many people wear um, things to protect them against maleojo, right? Yeah. Um, and then they use and the maleojo that you're protecting yourself against when you're using decor or you know, bracelets or even like the 
I think the Hamas hand, no, the Hamas hand with the evil, the evil eye with the evil eye is to revert yeah. it, right? Yeah. Not the Hamas hand, the evil eye. It's to revert that uh, Maleojo, right? Yeah. The, but, and then sometimes, cause sometimes it's the hand with the eye and the, the inside. Eye, right. Yeah. It's like, it's like to stop the evil eye. That's basically what it's meant for. It's like to stop the evil eye. Yes. So those are meant to stop basically the unintentional Maleojo, the Maleojo that comes from basically envy it's yeah it's basically envy it's somebody that might be your friend and they're looking at you and they're like oh my gosh I love your curls oh my hair sucks it doesn't do anything it's so wimpy and they're touching your curls that's a maleojo for your curls because they're like desiring it for themselves right and they're gonna make your hair go you know start falling out or suddenly you know it gets all brittle or it split ends or something happens right so that's the unintentional mal de ojo. And the best way to do that is obviously to have your protective shields up. And if you wear any sort of talisman um, to protect against it, then again, that, you know? Right. And then, um, so, but then there's also mal de ojo where you're like, oh, you know, this person. Targeted. It, yeah, it's targeted. Where this person, I want to echarle mal de ojo. I want to give them the evil eye. I want to make sure that they feel that energy and I'm going to direct it to them. Okay? Like someone trying to steal your partner. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. That's one way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was my first. <laughs> that was your first evil eye? Yeah. <laughs> somebody to you or for you against? No, somebody to me. Oh, okay. And I knew what was going on. Okay. But yeah, so that was a targeted example of like, she wants my boyfriend. Right. So yeah, usually when it's targeted, it's um, very envious, but mm -hmm. it's also hateful. It's like, oh, I hate this B, right? And so if you want to do a maleojo, if you want to put it on somebody, what, and what the maleojo will do is that anything that you're thinking about will make them not have it. It will make them reduce. So like, for example, if they were targeting um, maleojo to you, for your partner, then what they were looking for was for your relationship to sour with them so that he would become available and they could have him, right? Right. Um, if you're doing it for like work related or something like that, it's so that the person looks like incompetent and they don't look like they know how to do their job and so forth so that they can't progress and then the job will be become available for you. And it's always like targeted towards something specific so that you can gain it. So it, it like, like the curls, that's like, you know, that's like, and it's just like, Maleojo, like envious, but they can't really have it. Even if I don't have it, they can't have it. Right. Right. But this is the one that's targeted is usually used because you want something and somebody is standing in the way of you having that. So you're going to put the Maleojo on them so that they are out of the race and then you can have it. And yes. so the, the way to do it is you have to really go in and you have to you have to tap into your anger. You have to tap into the, all this energy, all this bad feelings that you have about this person. You got to get worked up about it. And then when you're with the person, you have to, you have to look at the person directly, right? And you have to be able to like directly look at them and put it on them. Um, and then when you're with them, you have to be able to have like, like a normal face, right? Mm -hmm. like, oh, like your mask on. Yeah, yeah, your mask on, like nothing's going on. And then at a specific moment, when you have the chance, you're going to look them straight in the air and you have to like bring it all up and just like shoot it, right? You're basically shooting that hate out to them. They will know. They will know because it's impossible not to know that somebody is like vomiting through their eyes at you, right? Right. 
So they will know. And that is obviously if it's somebody that's not a practitioner and they feel it, they just feel like uncomfortable or something, but they won't know what to do or they won't know how to, you know, protect themselves. If you are a practitioner, then you can protect yourself or you can do a reversion or something like, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's out there and then you have to work with it, obviously, because they already targeted you. Um, I think that um, I thought like, um, like the Mean Girls, I was watching Mean Girls with my kids, like the cult classic with the kids. And it's that sort of like disdain that teenagers have when they look at you like, like I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I hate you. Ugh, you know, that and just like in the snapshot right but you have done it on purpose and you've gathered that energy and you wait for the moment where you can just look at them in the eye and just give it to them right yeah so and that's why lots of times people say oh that person or that person like they're they feel that the other person's being fake because they felt the maleojo coming from the person but they're still acting like society like their friends or whatever right? yeah and that's where people are like, ah, you know, because they can't really explain or they put their finger on it, but they know that they've seen this person look at them like this, that doesn't feel comfortable. Right. But nobody else like notices or sees it, you know? Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are the first three that we have. No, four, because we did return to sender, mm-hmm. la boca, mal de ojo, and the freezer spell. We have four there. Okay. Do you want to add um, salal? I don't know this one that well. So that's why I was hoping you would talk about it. Oh, sure. So when you, then we use it a lot and I don't know if in other places, but in Puerto Rico, we say a lot like, oh, the salao. Salao is you're salted, right? And mm-hmm. it's literally salting, right? So you're going to put salt. And I know we use salt a lot as a protective agent, like on our doors and stuff like that. But if you want somebody to have like bad luck or you have want them to have losses, then you would put salt sometimes mixed in with Chile or some with seeds of like discord. Um, you would put salt in a space in their home or their workplace or where they are. And what you're looking for is to drag their good luck away to salal them, to make them have bad luck. Right. right? So if somebody is, you know, winning all the time, like in their, their life is like on cloud nine and you are like feeling like, you know, envious and you don't want them to have that good luck, then you could, you know, put some salt. And like, for example, I know, and this originally, right. Some people do it because they don't want their family to grow too much. So like, if you have somebody that's like having a lot of luck and they're having lots of, then they're, they're, they might salt like an area where they might be like dressing or something like that because they, they want them to be okay, but they don't want them to be lucky because <laughs> they don't want them to leave. Right. Right. So then they're salting it. And so sometimes when you have bad luck episodes, like one right after the other, uh-huh. people say, Oh, salao. it means that you're salted. It's like, you have bad luck on you. And then you have to break that bad luck, right. Or that bad luck curse. You have to break it. And you can do that through cleanses, through so- black soap and stuff like that. Daniels, yeah. Yeah. I usually yeah. use, yeah, either basil or black soap, okay. you know, just a bit because it's, it's something light. It's not something heavy, but like if it's at work, right. You have like, I don't know, sales, competition or whatever you salt somebody's place 
and then you give them a little evil eye after the meeting and you're done, right? Then you're going to be the salesperson <laughs> of the year. Screw them. They're not going to be able to be all their sales. You know, the contracts won't be signed and then nothing will happen. And that's what, but you have, that's sort of the example. You have to have an intention when you're setting it. It's not like, oh, just bad luck. It has right. to be very specific for an area of their life. Mm-hmm. So like in that sales example, you're like, oh, so may all their, you know, contracts just not go through, not proceed. And then right. everything they were working on, or if they were like, um, you know, really like if they're two guys and one's always getting all the girls, it's like they can put them in the car seat, right? And then like all the girls that sit here will suddenly be disgusted by them and stuff like that, right? So yes, it's nice. like a little like, it, but it has to be specific and you're right. assaulting them for that. So you're making them have bad luck in that area. And so, and that is painful because obviously that's, there's no way that you can say, oh, you know, I was doing that for, because returning now, that, <laughs> yeah. that one's painful. Yeah. You're inviting in some bad stuff. Yeah. You're inviting. So it's, I think um, it, when you invite in a dark energy or you raise dark energy, because you have to raise energy for any sort of ritual or spell work, you have to raise energy, be it for positive or negative. You have to understand that, um, that, that you're working on a different realm. And then when you're working on that realm, you are also more exposed to it. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's important. I think it's something people should um, take into consideration. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it because I know that there are times when you need to defend yourself. And that is a right that we all have to defend ourselves. And since we're practitioners, we might as well defend ourselves with uh, magical tools. And there are times when, you know, one of the best things that can happen to you or to your own evolution is to be able to get over this thing that's holding you back or this anger or this jealousy that's holding you back and going all the way and seeing a spell to fruition against somebody may actually help you let go of something. Right. And so, yeah, I, I think there's definitely, you know, as you grow in your practice and you, I don't know, as you start connecting with magic, I think when you, come to a situation where you think you might want to invite something baneful or something negative you need to start looking at what like inward like okay what's going on with me that i need this bad thing to happen for me to feel successful mm-hmm. because that's a little counterproductive right yeah and i think also there's a lot of um i think where people ask us for the most you know, like I, I don't really work for people anymore in the sense that I don't do spells for others anymore. I might tell them how to do it, but I don't really sell spell work anymore. Right. Because it's always the same. Crap. Um, and you know, and I got tired of it and then, and it, and besides all magic is more, is stronger when you do it yourself. Right. Right. And your own intention is in there. Um, I'm not saying that it's not successful because, you know, very successfully you can have a practitioner do something for you, but it's always going to be stronger when you put in your, the work. But I think that one of the things that um, people ask us the most is always love related. And so that's either like, I want them to come back. I want to bind them. I want them to, you know, I, or if they've been broken up, I want to teach them a lesson because they did this to me. And I right. think those are the places where I see it the most. And like, usually that, I think that's just part of the process of like a breakup, for example, right? That anger, that desire for vengeance. It's sort of like this after like a death, right? There's like five stages. Well, I think after a breakup, there's this five stages, including the vengeance must be mine. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's a stage. (laughs) And so 
you know, if you can get over it and you will with time, then right. you don't have to do anything. But if you need it, then, you know, it, yeah. it, it exists. It exists. You know, it, exists. <laughs> it is available you to it. you. It is available. So that's, I think that's it, right? We yeah. covered it. Yeah. Gonna I'm going to go baneful over- herbs. Yeah. So for, um, so for herbs this week, I'm just going to kind of go over some baneful herb correspondences. Um, so some of these herbs are poisonous to the touch. So just be careful and kind of make sure you're doing your own research and a lot of the herbs. So all baneful herbs are considered to be ones that are going to cause death or illness, which is actually a lot of plants. Let's see. They're known to cause death and illness, but a lot of them have healing properties too. So it's like, who's the manipulator of this plant? What's your intention kind of is how to, how to play with these. Um, But starting at the top, we got hellebone, hemlock, belladonna, datura, foxglove, henbane, elder, mandrake, mistletoe is one. Wormwood is a really powerful one. Yew, same, uh, larkspur, delphinium, jessamine, oleander, castor bean, Gloriosa, Angel's Trumpet, May Apple, uh, nicotine is actually, tobacco is a really big one. So yeah, and then uh, garlic and then lemon, sour items are also going to work too. Yeah, and that makes sense because tobacco is used a lot. Um, we'll have to do a whole episode on tobacco magic, but tobacco oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. tobacco is used a lot in Latin America. Okay, great. Um, and I like the... You have to tell me a little bit more about wormwood because I have five ounces of wormwood and I don't really know how to use it. <laughs> oh, really? I will definitely do. I will definitely do. A, a friend wormwood. of mine gifted it to me and it makes sense seeing that it's painful knowing who she is. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> she, she's, you know, she's that type. Awesome. Yeah. So, and she gave me a bunch of, of wormwood. She gave me wormwood, mistletoe and dragon blood resign. Oh so, yeah. You know. <laughs> cool. Yep. Okay, cool. So you want me to roll into astrology? Yes, please do. Astrology, August 14th through the 27th. We have, starting off on the 14th, we have the sun in opposition to Saturn. And that same day, we have Mars trining Pluto, trines of, of course, I've mentioned that are a little bit more subtle energy. But let's look at both of them and let's look at them together. Okay, so the sun in opposition to Saturn is about setting our boundaries and being very clear about our boundaries with other people and learning how to let go of things right and mars with the trine with pluto is all this is ambition this is like drive to get what you want right because mars is all about that energy and pluto's that underbelly and you know the 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 muffin dealings kind of thing right (laughs) so it's that um ambition and drive so when you put them together you have that it's a day for you to cut the dead weight it's time to cut the dead weight things that are not serving you and will not allow you to be able to achieve your um, your goals, your ambitions, where you're headed. And so that's a good day for that on the 14th. Then on the 16th, we have Mercury trining Uranus. Um, and the moon is going to be void from one to seven. So that is basically shocking or electrifying news. It's things that you weren't expecting to hear about that you find out about. And it's like, woohoo, tiltillating or like, <gasps> oh, yeah. So, I mean, it could be good. It could be bad. It just it could be just gossip, but you know, it still, you know, gets everybody juiced up. Um, but that's kind of what's going on on the 16th. On the 17th, we have the moon squaring Venus. Um, and this is all, you know, we're still in Leo, those two or three with the last bang of Leo. Um, so it's like all a little bit of self-worth drama, like, you know, you don't love me. 
demonstrate that you love me kind of thing. Right. Gotcha. And also being a little self-indulgent and needing it's, it's, it's this need to feel loved, but through like, prove it to me. Right. Oh, because my gotcha. emotions need you to prove it to me. The only thing is that this is a transit. So everybody's going through it. So if you have a partner and they're both wanting the same thing, it's like, coño, who's going to prove it to who, you know? Got it. Um, so huh. that's, that's that day. It's not terrible, but, and then on the 18th, we have Venus trying to Jupiter, which is a really positive day. It's very charismatic, creative. So, you know, they proved it to you the night before. And then this day you're on cloud nine. Ah, la, la. <laughs> so that's basically what you got on the 18th there. The 20th, we have Mars ingressing into Gemini. It'll be there for about a month. No, it'll be, I'm sorry, I'm lying. It will be there until March 25th of 2023. So it'll be there for like six months. Oh, wow. Um, so Paul, and then, so this is a really good transit or a good, really good placement for teachers, writers, people that are in communications, because it gives them energy to do the work. So if you look at this, this is August 20th. This is right before teachers go back to school. So this oh, is when everybody's lesson planning, gotcha. everything that they need through my heart. <laughs> this is like the writers are popping out their books before they get sending them off to be edited. It's like that energy to actually do stuff and get it done, you know, oh, before great. like before, you know, it's just like getting stuff done, but lots of communication related things, publications, studies, investigations, anything that you're doing in that sort of relation. And Mars is going to come in and just give you the energy to be able to do it. Right? That's great. Yeah. The only thing is that people do get a little bored faster, mm -hmm. but because Mars is like, you know, it, Mars is like energy, like fire, like it is a fire and it burns. And then Gemini is like ADD, like da da da. It's like oh, I'm burning here, and then oops, I'm dying. So that's the only thing. But there, okay. On the twenty first, sorry, I didn't mean that about you. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. On the twenty first, Mercury is going to be in opposition to Neptune. So this day could be a little tense um, because Mercury has to do with everything that you're communicating and everything that you're doing in the day to day, and Neptune is everything that has to do with your ideals and your imagination and what you fairy tale right and so there's a little bit of since they're in opposition there's a little bit of of opposition right so it's right. like a little bit of tension between what you're dreaming of and what you're actually doing and so those two are kind of like meeting up and it's just it's not a fight or anything but it's sort of like a squaring off like hmm, what are you doing what are you doing i don't like this you know and then so a little feeling of tension or irritability May gotcha. come up because of that. On the 22nd, um, Virgo starts. So Virgo season starts. Um, and Virgo is, you know, it's it's Mercury ruled. It is um very everybody looks at it as organization and self-reliancy. It is also a health, it, it, because when you look at the sixth house, sixth house, which Mercury rules, it's all about like your health, small pets, um communication, organization, work plans, workplace, all those sort of things. Okay. So that's what Virgo rules. And they tend to be, I need to know how things run and if they're running efficiently, because that will make me feel less anxious. And that's kind of sort of like the motto for, for Virgo. So that's going to be a theme throughout, right? The next month. Okay. Um, Mercury is going to be trining Pluto, which allows you to be a little bit more investigative, you probing into things, you want to know deeper questions, you're more inquisitive, that sort of idea. Okay. 
on the 24th, we have Uranus starting its retrograde. Okay. So beginning of August, we had the Mars Uranus North Node conjunction in Taurus, which is the first time like in 84 years that that happened. So a lot of unsettling energy, lots of people towards the end of July, beginning of August felt really unsettled. Yes. So when the 24th comes around, which is the end of August, um, it feels like, okay, I'm starting to settle in, right? But what we have to remember is that um, when somebody goes into retrograde, it's going to go back over the things that just happened. So the following two weeks after that will be a little, you know, it'll be going back over the sort of the same things that it had already covered. And this is going to be through January 1st of next year. Okay. So when we do start January, it'll finally feel like, oh yeah, getting away from this Uranus energy. Um, no, I, I'll have to check because I have Uranus, I have January 1st on one place and I have January 22nd on another place. Okay. One's the actual new year and one's the action, like the astrological new year. So we'll have to see. But the important thing of this retrograde is it's supposed to allow you to study where you are stuck and to look at things that you may have accepted because you didn't want to change, because you were comfortable, because you were in the comfort zone. And so what changes are going to happen? It may feel like, you know, currency mode of communication, um, the way that you're moving forward, those things all may feel really shaken, right? Um, and then we have Venus training Chiron, which, you know, Chiron is our wounded healer. So really right. good for therapy since it's in Ven with Venus training with Venus, it helps you look at how your patterns or your wounds are being repeated in your relationships. Okay. On the 26th, Venus is squaring Uranus. Um, so this is a square between your need for stability and your underlying desire for freedom. They're at crossroads or, you know, squaring off against each other. Uh -huh. How can you have both or neither or one sort of underneath the other? And that's kind of the, the, the dilemma that day. Okay. Then on the new moon, on the 27th of August, it's new moon in Virgo. Um, but Mars is really active, so we may feel a little bit irritable and it's not going to be, but it's also going to give us a little bit of oomph towards our earthly plans, right? Because Virgo controls all that has to do with that workplace. It is an, uh, an earth sign. So everything that's like that felt unsettled, like the day before with Uranus, for example, if like money felt weird or whatever, then this is like, okay, this is my new plan. This is what I'm going to do. And then you can set those intentions on that new moon for the 27th and see them come to fruition in six months um, when it's March, basically um, after it's gone retrograde and finished its shadow. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Awesome. So that's what I got for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode the week after next, but in the meantime, you can email us at thebrujasbroadcast at gmail.com. For me, Dion, you can find my artwork at lasprimasmaritas.com or for booking healing work, I'm at unusualhealing.com or sdlunacy on Instagram. Great. And for me, Sasha, you can find me on Facebook with Brujeria 101 
and you can all find me on Instagram as Brujeria101S because <laughs> somebody had the 101 and I also have Brujeria101.com and there we'll have like um, response buttons that you can push to Amazing. book like palm readings or nail charts and stuff like that great yeah. thank you so much 